0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's getting ready for draft season. Not just draft, it's not draft season yet, but it's getting your league assignments, getting your draft slots, time. Fred and I are going to break down their mixed labor draft slots, his tout, draft, and hold draft slot. We're also going to talk about the remaining free agent pitchers. We're going to try to avoid labor talk as best we can, but we can't help talking about a little bit. That and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, but brought to you by the good folks from WinBet. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke uh, in balmy Canada, uh, and I'm here in LA. And we are happy to be uh, doing our uh, th- Tuesday night podcast again. We had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks. This week, we're going to be talking about free agent pitchers. Those pitchers still on the market, and they're all going to sign in like two days after the lockout eventually ends. Uh, so we'll talk about those guys and where they might go and how it affects things, whether we like them or not. But first, uh, it's draft slot and draft assignment time, Fred. Uh, we got our Razzball Leagues today. We got TJFBI last week. And we got our draft slots in uh, mixed labor.
2: Yes, which we will both be participating in mm-hmm. exactly one week from tonight. We'll have to plan that. I'll. We'll have to... We'll get on the DMs later this week and figure out when we're going to record next week because next week around this time, we'll be getting ready to to do our first. That for me, that'll be my first like live, it's not live in person, but like quick time draft of the season.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, all my other drafts have been slow drafts. So uh, that's going to be wild. You got a better spot than I did though.
2: (laughs) I got an earlier spot than you did. So by you saying that, are you saying that this year just the earlier your spot is, the better?
1: I am saying
2: that. Okay, uh, so so is your so candidates right famous. now like one to fifteen?
1: So far, it's been so, but I've only done one fifteen draft. It's ongoing, slow draft. It's the uh, first pitch Arizona speakers draft, and I I drafted twelfth there. I'm drafting tenth here, and there's not an obvious spot. I ended up with Corbin Burns at one twelve in that draft. Yep. I might get Corbin Burns again this one. I know our buddy Paul Spore took uh, Ozzie Albies at tenth overall. I see the case. I don't know if I can do it. We'll see what comes to me. We'll see what comes to me. But uh, let's just say, I think after seven, nay, six, even, I think there's a lot of cloudiness. I think there's a clear top six. I'm putting Cole in the top six. I'm not putting Vlad in the top six. That's my revolutionary statement. Uh, And a 15-teamer, I don't want to get no speed. We've talked about that. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, it sounded like I was trying to do a double negative, but I really wasn't doing a double negative when I said that. Uh, maybe. But you know what? Then again, if Vlad's sitting there at 10, it's going to be tough. I don't know, dude. Uh, for you. I mean, you have just a world of choices. I think it's going to be, you know, obviously, second round, will get a lesser pick. But the the other sneaky thing is it's just a huge advantage having that early third round pick, I think.
2: Yeah, the the early third round pick I I think is nice. I've done a lot of twelves so far, and not a lot of 15s, So mm-hmm. I was I'm just now like like I, I like I know the ADPs from all the players, but I have them because I've done a lot of twelves. I have them in like twelve. So for example, Whit Merrifield that we talked about last week, I have him in my head as a mid third round pick, but he's not a mid third round pick. In 15s, he's like a two-three turn pick. Um, in 12s, he's a mid-third round pick because his ADP is around 30 yeah. in February. So I'm I'm getting my head around those kinds of things, but um, I think you have some good options at 10. Like, like I think Burns is a really good option. Like you said, um, if you want to get, like you said, you don't want Vlad because you you don't want a zero speed guy, and I get that. I if Vlad was there at 10, I'd have a tough time saying no. Um, okay. And right. I'd probably figure it out. But I mean, like hitter wise at 10, like Kyle, I like Kyle Tucker a lot. I Bryce Harper's really good and we'll get you like 13 steals ish, something like that. And there's Otani if you want to go down that path. So to me, those guys are all, if you want to go outside the box, you can go Mookie Betts bounce back season. You could go out, like you said, Albies, you could go Luis Robert.
3: Mm-hmm. There's
2: like, there's options there. Um, everybody I just mentioned, will get you a double digit steals total. Uh, you don't have to dive in on Freddie Freeman like all those other all those guys. I said will get you double digit steals total. Guys like Robert Albies, Otani, Kyle Tucker, like they should all get you more than fifteen. So Bets, depending on how you feel about what he's going to do this year, I mean, you you could expect more than fifteen from Bets this year, right? Um, so I think there's some cool options there, and then you can get a pitcher in the second round, or you can go Burns, and then you can grab hopefully one of those guys that I that, I just mentioned. A lot of guys, maybe you can get one of them in the second round.
1: For sure. Or I could go pocket aces, which yep. I did do in the speaker's draft, uh, right. which I did do in labor last year. Uh, you know, someone ragged on yep. me is like, you went pocket aces. What a disaster that was last year. It's like, you know, the leagues I did pocket aces actually did pretty good.
2: They did Pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's a fine strategy. And you're right. You could go Burns and whatever you like, Zach Wheeler, whoever you, you decide who you like in the second round. But but you would have choices at like at your second round pick if you're 10th overall.
1: Because I know, and, and one of the reasons I know is I, I I can do that is that I know the pitch a pitcher that I like will be there at pick twenty one. You know, I know that that's going to be something that's available to me. So uh-huh. I, that is one strategy you know you can do. That's the other reason why, even though I love Vlad and I have a hard time passing him up at ten, you take Vlad there, you either have to go speed or a pitcher in your next round. You, you you're kind of like you have to give up one or the other. Uh-huh. You're either not going to have speed from your first two picks or you're not going to have an ace from your first two picks. And you might get that ace at pick 40. You might be comfortable. That, that, you know, you might say, okay, well, maybe Aaron Nola or Sandy Alcantara or Louis, Lucas Giolito will be my ace, and you'll be fine with that. And it's so great. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to cook up that omelet. But, you know, I, I think that it kind of locks you into one way. as it, it denies you flexibility, which is one of the things we are always trying to crave in these snake drafts.
2: Yeah. And I think if we're talking about, so I, I started writing about Vlad for some of the um, initial Yahoo articles. And like, at first I wanted to say like, don't draft Vlad. And then I was like, Oh, I don't feel good about saying that because right. like, he's, he's legitimately awesome. Like in the Yahoo formula, he was the number one roto player last year. Um, he, like, how do you tell people not to draft the guy who was number one last year and is so young. Like like that seems like when you can get him maybe in the middle of the first round. So So that seems like bad advice. So then I started thinking about it a little more. And I said, well, it's not really for me, probably. But so I think the path to Vlad is bottom up drafting where you identify some late round speed guys who you like and you're and you look at their ADP and you're like, "Okay, so I like whether it's whether you like Lane Thomas, Garrett Hampson. Um, whether you want to go on, whether you believe Andres Jimenez is going to be getting. I'm,
1: I'm suppressing a gag reflex here. So hard Altopia,
2: right <laughs> um, Those kinds of guys. I'm just looking at guys on my list who, you know, who kind of go later. I right. just kind of scrolling way down on my list and looking at guys who, you know, whether you want to have get Nikki Lopez. So you'd be like, okay, all those guys aren't very good. However, a lot of the guys that I just mentioned are going to get or should get like 15, plus steals, which is what you wanted for your first round pick. And when you take Vlad instead of Kyle Tucker, you are getting a better hitter in the other categories. Like Vlad should beat Kyle Tucker in the other four categories. So you're really just trading. Like you're, you're going to get Vlad. The other guy's going to get Kyle Tucker. The other guy's now 15 steals ahead of you, whatever, 13 steals ahead of you. And then later in the draft, you're going to pay for that. But you have better in the other four categories. Later, you're going to pay for that because you're going to draft Garrett Hampson at a time when he drafts someone who's a better all-around player let's say he drafts mark canna and you draft garrett hampson mark canna is a better all-around player in the other areas you get your steals back so you have to have like a plan i feel like like around vlad where you've got some targets late where you're like okay i'll make those 15 steals up back because it's not like all these first round guys are getting 30 steals like trey turner probably is but like kyle tucker bryce harper these guys are like 15. Right? Yeah. Vlad's gonna get you like three. So you're giving up in comparison to those guys like a dozen steals. You gotta have a plan to make up the dozen steals later. Or like you said, you go for some steals in the second round and you've got a plan for your pitching where you're gonna load up maybe in rounds like five, six, seven or six, eight, ten or something like that on starters, because there's guys sitting there you like who who you think could be aces this year.
1: Yeah, two two comments, uh, especially starting with the Vlad uh,
2: discussion. Mm-hmm.
1: So much we, so many, so often when we do our first round analysis, and it's just the first round, first of all, which is kind of thin. But we spend our time thinking about what they can't do, and not what they are yep. doing. What you know, you forget about what you're getting when you go when you go goo for cocoa for cuckoo for coca for Vlad. You're getting high average power, tons of counting stats, and an amazing lineup, with a possibility that there's more to come. That he might never be the best to a lesser extent. We're doing the same thing with Freddie Freeman. I mean, we know he's not going to have a higher level, but we're also kind of forgetting what he does. This is is the Nolan Arenado problem. You know, yes. You know, forget about what we're getting with this and okay. That allows us to take some chances with some of these other guys. Um, you know, I, I was like, ah, on Andres Jimenez or Garrett Hampson, not for Lane Thomas, by the way. I like Lane Thomas, but the, you know, the other ones there, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of thinking that there, uh, so yeah, you, you forget about that. Um, then the other thing too is, yeah, you're right. When you and you when you do identify these later targets to make up, you can't just expect to get them at ADP. You got to jump ADP to make right. sure you get these targets.
2: Yes, I think you just spelled it out right there where you said I thought blah about Hampson and Jimenez, but I kind of like Lane Thomas. Okay, there's a solution. Lane for you. Lane Thomas might be your guy. So you look at ADP, you jump him two or three rounds and you say, you know what? I am going to start Vlad if he falls to me. And I will, if that that happens, I will make sure I get Lane Thomas later because that's going to help me, you know, make up some of those steals at a time when there aren't a lot of base stealers left on the board. There's also that Vlad's a first baseman, a first base is pretty deep this year. So do you want to tie up first base? But I mean, you could always have, I guess you can have three first basemen. You can have a corner and a utility. But again, now now you've got three guys probably who don't steal any bases: the first baseman, the corner, and the utility. So now you know you now you got really got to push steals in the middle infield and the outfield. Right. You know, assuming you don't get Real Muto or something like that. So it's just tricky building around Vlad in a roto league in this environment, but. Uh, but, but, like, again, I, when I was writing the articles, I, I didn't want to say don't pick Vlad or Vlad's not a smart pick in the first round because, like, he is if, you're, if you have a way to build around him. And I think that's actually even more true in, like, 10 and 12 team leagues. The 15, like, those steals are going to dry up really fast.
1: They sure are. Uh, yeah. And that's great You know, question about that. Mark had a good question about the late part of the first round. Uh, he goes, Mark carlos is it crazy to invest in Acuna late first if we don't know where he is at, is at right now? I'd rather take Vlad or Acuna. You know, that, and that's a really good question. Yes. Is Vlad going to run? How many games is he going to play? Will we ever have any games? Uh, and how does that affect Acuna? Uh, sorry, I, I thought I'd say it, not not have any lockout-related comments, but I can't help myself. Uh, it's a really good question. If Acuna, if we don't know Acuna is going to run, why is he a better pick than Vlad? Uh, and, and he's not. Because if he's not running, he's, he's actually going to get you less, you know, a lower batting average, most likely. Uh, he might get you better counting stats. We, we're not quite sure, though, and we don't know how much he's going to play. Typically, Vlad goes well before Acuna, for what it's worth. If you use the NFBC ADP, and I know there are plenty of sources you can use, but NFBC, Vlad's your sixth player taken. is your 11th player taken. That's why you're talking about, you know, you know Vlad is almost certainly going to be gone, probably in this our League in Labor, the 15-team draft that we're in when I'm drafting 10th. Uh, but if he isn't, I might have Vlad versus Acuna as my pick. If someone pushes up Corbin Burns, and that's entirely possible. Someone might be big on Burns. Wouldn't be a surprise. His ADP is exactly 10. If he, all, it, all it takes is two people to want pitching early, and then that, that, that door is closed to me. I might have that as my choice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Acuna, like I always say that uh, every single player in the pool – like we could write a positive bio and a negative bio on it during draft season. In fact, if you do enough reading and listening and looking around, you will find almost every player, you will find someone who's really high on them and someone who's low on them. Um, yeah. Acuna is probably though, like really more so than anyone else. Like, like I, I would say had Acuna not been injured, he would be my first overall pick this year. Like that's where we yeah, were going. Of course. So so if you want to go the rosy view, you'll say, hey, modern science is really good. He's really young. He's really athletic. He's going to bounce back from this fine. More like a football player who, who, who gets hurt and like an Adrian Peterson and comes back and is great. And Acuna will be fine. And the season might be delayed, which will mean he'll, he'll he might not even miss any time. And you could get like a 1-1 type player at 10th overall or 12th overall or wherever he ends up going. And obviously the negative view is way easier to write. He's probably going to start the season on the IL. He probably won't run as much this year. Who knows if he'll have any recurring issues with this. Why bother tying up your first round pick and someone who's already banged up when you could go and take Bryce Harper, who won't be banged up until June.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Bryce Harper came off in a year. Well, it should be yes. an off year. Who knows? Yes. So, yeah. Neurology. I know. It's science. Yes. Uh, yes. Could very well be. I think Tucker is a very strong consideration at 10, too. Uh,
2: I think he's great. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he'll probably get higher in the lineup this year. Like, like, he deserves that, I think, at this point to get a better spot in the lineup. But you're talking about a guy who can hit you 30 home runs, steal 15, 20 bags and hit for a high average. Like, like he's right there and doesn't have like the Harper kind of injury, a little bit of an injury history or inconsistency. Harper's got those little batting average seasons. I I think those two are an interesting discussion because they're often drafted very close to each other this year.
1: When choosing a draft spot, we always spend a lot of time just looking at the first round, but that's not the only drop-off. There are other Mm drop-offs too. Uh, How much of a consideration do you put into those other rounds when you're trying to select where you want to draft from?
2: Yeah. I, I try not to go too, too deep on it. Like, so I'm doing mine right now for the tout draft and hold. So it's its own entity because it's a draft and hold, not like labor where we can make trades. Um, but I have, I have to send Todd Zola my three. I, I get to pick my draft slot third out of everyone because I won a league last year, but not this league. So I got to pick third. Um, so I have to send Todd three picks. Of where of my what draft order I'd like because I'll get one of them and I looked three rounds that's as far as I went I didn't get too deep I looked at round I think four. that makes sense I looked at round four and then I was kind of like uh this is round four feels pretty flat like pretty level as far as the options from top to bottom. There's just not a guy in round four who's going at like pick 53 where I'm like, oh, wow, I, would, I want that guy. I would take him around three. Like, I love that guy. Like, sign me up to pick late so I can get that guy early in round four. So there just wasn't that guy. So I felt like I so I looked at the first three rounds again with the thought of somewhere in those first three rounds, I need to get a speed base and start my pitching staff, whether mm-hmm. that start of the pitching staff is a starter, whether it's a closer whether it's one of each, but somewhere in there, I've got to get a steals base and a pitching staff. So I kind of looked through the first three rounds to figure out where I could do that and spent a lot of wasted, a lot of time actually, in all honesty, going back and forth (laughs) on draft slots, because I also, just like you, when we talked about this a lot last year, I really like just drafting out of the middle so that you don't miss out on runs And, you know, you feel like it's not often you're deciding between two guys and you pick, especially not early, but mid draft, you decide between two guys and you you pick one and the other guy makes it all the way back to you and you're so happy. So I kind of like drafting in the middle, but I I don't know if I don't know if I totally want to be in the middle this year, because like you said, you feel like there's kind of like a top six or so. So, yeah, so these were tough calls. I ended up sending Todd. I I could still change it. He hasn't sent us back to us yet. So I sent him five, four, three. Nice. I'll put that on the podcast. If someone wants to steal one of them, I don't care because well, after
0: you, you'll get one of those three.
2: Absolutely. And I yeah. I spun around in circles for like forty five minutes trying to decide like when I could have been getting something important done. Trying to decide what order I wanted to put everything in. So I went five four three. Maybe just trying February. to stay. A there's little...
1: no such thing as important stuff getting done right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no certainly urgency in baseball. Certainly
2: sure. not in Major League Baseball. There's not important. God, stuff I did
1: it again. again. I talked about that. You did. Oh, sorry. Just I briefly.
2: Um, I, I felt like five, four, three, five would, I think I'll end up with five. I have to, if I have to guess like that, the other guys who are ahead of me will probably not pick five unless they hear this and they're like, Oh, great idea, Fred. I'll take five. But if, if that's what you're thinking, go for it. I'll just take no. four. I don't care. Yeah. Screw um,
1: fine. That's, that's but fine. I
2: yeah. it, like that gets me like a little bit towards the middle but still gets me in that top group like you were talking about of, of hitters right. where I could, or, or Cole, like I need to choose Cole or I'll probably be able to choose between a couple of hitters and pick my favorite. Sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, you know, and it's funny, it kind of goes, you know, whether you prefer the middle or the, one of the ends kind of speaks to your personality, but do you want to avoid jumping ADP or do you prefer to jump ADP? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you an ADP jumper? Um, you know it, it some people like to do it they like to start runs they like to kind of create that chaos the only problem is that can be done to you too uh and that that's the tricky part there you can still get nailed by runs in the middle it's just absolutely mini yes. runs especially especially with closers yes you know other positions maybe not so Catchered, much Starting
2: catchers i've seen that before where you're like oh there's still like there's three catchers i really like like none of them are going to go or not all three of them are going to go, and boom, 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 and they go. Maybe even you got four catchers. You like, you know, for your second catcher, you're in round 21, and all of a sudden there's those mini. That happens sometimes in the drafts. There's those mini catcher runs. It's so someone... funny you
1: say that because in this uh, draft that I'm in, I got dre- I got stuck by the dre- the dreaded second catcher run. Yeah, um, you know, don't get stuck by that. It but... happens.
2: It always happens. Like, like, the, like people are sitting on a bunch of those guys who are not good, but like a yeah. little better, a little better than replacement level, and mm-hmm. then you're in like round 20, round 21, somewhere in there, and someone's I like, went, "Okay, It got
1: even worse." I 24, 25. I got okay. Well, it got it was bad. Uh, there was f- uh, four catchers in my queue: mm-hmm. Torrens, uh, Mejia, Barnhart, and Stallings. Well, th- three of those went, and then okay. the, like there's only the people behind me. I'm drafting the 12 spot. They all had two catchers already, so I'm like. All right, I'm going to take Chaz McCormick here because what the heck? I'm talking about him live on a podcast with Scott Jenstad. He's recommending him. I'm going to take him now because Scott's smarter than I am. Of course, Stallings goes two picks later to Greg and Brush. So I'm like, what? What are you doing to me? You, Greg, you have two catchers. You don't need him. He's like the last guy getting like regular starts. So now for my second catcher, I've got like Jonah Heim and Ryan Jeffers. And I'm hoping one of them kind of busts through and gets more playing time. And I'm going to have to take – it's a 50-rounder strapped and hold, so I can't pick anybody up. So I'm going to have to draft five catchers now. And that's going to be a really stupid waste of ali, uh, resources there. But uh, just I, now wish, one extra slot. You wish slot.
2: now that you started the run.
1: Yeah, mm, kind of. But really, it's still second catcher at the end of the day, so not really. I'll just yeah. find upside guys and hope that they beat, beat the clock like Gabriel Marino, uh, something like that. Try to get him a little sooner, even though I have my doubts whether he's going to get a whole lot of playing time this year, just because I like Kirk. I like, uh, I kind of like Jansen. I think between the two of them though, it's going to be hard for Marino to break through this year.
2: Unless, unless they trade one of them. I think that's the only way I get start to get hot on Marino would be if they trade one of them.
1: And the later the season starts, the less likely that happens by the way, too. Uh, yeah, just I think they'll just he won't have as much time to get. Although he'll be in he'll be in because he's not on the 40 man yet. Right. So right. he can he'll be at spring training on time. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he's there right now.
1: Yeah. So favorite spot is five, four, three. Um,
2: I, I It was for 45 minutes around two o'clock this afternoon. OK, if I had to do it again tomorrow, I, I was actually thinking at one point I was going to go one, two, three. I, I also thought at one point I was going to start with six, like how you mentioned, like those hitters plus. Cole then I kind of went to five because I was like you know what the draft starts in like two weeks I think I'd rather have like like a choice sure not not be locked in I mean none of them are gonna get hurt because they're not doing anything in the next two weeks but but I was more like I think I just like to have a bit of a choice and between a couple of them and not get locked in but I could honestly change my mind and I don't think I don't think your 10 spot is bad I'll be honest I don't really love being at the very back I was just, I that
1: was my next question is, what's the one spot you year. don't want to be in?
2: I, I, hate, I was there last year for our labor draft and I hated it. Like I was fifteenth, mm-hmm. and right. I hated it. I took Freeman and Lindor. That one of those was good. One of those was bad. And then it was just a long wait for that three, four turn. And I took Zach Gallon on that turn and he was kind of banged up all year. And I don't know. I just, I didn't really, I did not enjoy that. And then this year, like, it's fine. I'd find a couple guys on that turn, whether I went hit or pitcher or something. But there's, to me, there's no one there where I'm like, I, like, so for example, like you mentioned Paul Sporer taking Albies at pick 10. Like, if you're in love with Albies, like, you, I think you're, you're cool with drafting 15th, right? Because yeah. you'll get Albies or 14th if you don't want to get hemmed in on the turn. You can get Albies and have your pick of maybe any pitcher outside of Colin Burns
1: spore in this league he was in it last year wasn't
2: he um he is not he jumped to another labor league
1: ah okay so mm-hmm. i'll get albis if i want then um you could. I, I could get well i mean i don't know if you'll get gun. him in
2: round two i think he'll probably be gone by then maybe uh, probably. maybe
1: i gotta do some oppo research that's the thing is like i really should consume more content from our industry but it's so darn hard there's so it many is. good things out there uh, I got Alan, ha- Alan Harrison, the fancy fix at 11, Ray Flowers, fancy guru 12. ray has been talking football this time. He, he, you <laughs> know, he's not going to give it, give anything away. Okay. Rudy, Rudy, you know, he's got his own rankings. He's know who he's going to take. And uh, Steve Gardner and Joe Sheehan. So Joe's a wild card. Chances are the player will be young. Um, he,
2: he, ray, will separate. Take, ray will take hitters. I would be surprised if Ray takes pitchers. I feel That's like Ray will point. take hitters.
1: That's, so that's one more good good picture that comes to me in round two. That's a good way of looking at it. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Steve is a classic take what he gets sort of guy, and totally. He, he's not going to let any trick go by. I'm
2: going to say Steve gets Mookie Betts somewhere. I feel like Mookie Betts is a Steve type pick. Like he's just a pick that makes a lot of sense. Like we're all downgrading him because he was like a bit down last year, but he's still awesome and he's not old. And I feel like Mookie Betts is like a Steve Gardner type pick where he picks him and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like. He'll be as good as last year or better. And then he is. And then you're like, great pick, Steve. I feel okay. like that's that's a Steve Gardner pick.
1: Here, here, I'm going to give away a big tip to the league members that aren't listening. But if they okay. are listening, pick 21. Mookie Betts is there. I'll take him. Um, That is a promise. I will take him. Not even a conditional.
2: I do not uh, think I, you'll have that option. That's just I, I my agree guy.
1: with you. But I've had it. I have had it in yep. uh 12-teamer before. 15-teamer, not so much. But I think that 15-teamer, uh, that dy- dynamic changes things a little bit there. All right. Time for us to start tackling the free agent pitchers. We'll do starting pitchers first. Then we'll do uh, relievers that are available. And these are all just guys that are unsigned right now. Get Speculate where they're going to go, what we like like or dislike about them, etc. cetera. But first, I know from our friends at Winbet. Winbet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action, the user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. You want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack where you'll see Fred Zinky sitting in a nice tuxedo. <laughs> Slam the slots or try your hand at Baccarat. He, you know, you should do tuxedo at Baccarat, but Fred's a blackjack player. I, I can just see it. Um, WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary state by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's wires fantasy podcasts. Fred, what's like the online sports betting outlook in Canada? Are you allowed to do it like right now?
2: Yes, single game betting I believe just started. Like we've always had we've had sports betting through this thing called Proline where you could bet like three game parlays for like like since I was a kid. Okay. But now I believe you can do single game betting in that same program which is like run by the by the government. Okay. So yeah. Oh, everything in Canada, everything in Canada is always run by the government. So, yeah. It's uh so it's run by the provincial government, like as a lottery and uh, you go to your local convenience store and you can do single game betting.
1: Yeah. Uh, Before we actually jump into the free agent talk, uh, let's just hit a couple of these uh, questions because, because it's on topic. Bichette, what pick is the earliest you guys would draft him? For me, it's five. Um, I think he's one of those top six guys. Would you agree?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I I'll, I'll consider him earlier than that. Like I'll consider him like, I'll consider him uh, even like three or four. I think he's right, right in there. It just kind of depends how you want to build your team. I've actually had picks five and six in a few 12-teamers, and I've played around with, I've taken Cole, I've taken mm-hmm. Soto, and I've taken Bichette in different ones and just played with the builds. When I drafted Soto, I was always chasing speed the rest of the way because he gets his steals, but like a dozen. Um, yeah. Bichette was probably the easiest one to build around. Assuming you just believe in Bichette, he was probably the easiest one to build around because you just started with a shortstop and you started with 20 to 25 steals. That was really easy to build around. So yeah, Yeah, five for sure. I would consider him at four over someone like Soto.
1: See, and that's right. I think Ramirez is the easiest player to build around because you get the... the Yeah. You get the power speed combo at a position I think is weaker than short. Yeah.
2: So yeah. I but I always when, find I he's always gone things. in the top three every time. Yeah, dra- oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's fair. Yeah. I've got him at five once before. And I think, you know, when you, okay when, you, when you, someone gives you a gift, you speak well to people. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yes, but that, you know, I'll say this when we get to live drafts late March or whenever the hell they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitchers are going to get pushed up. Yep. You know, Cole almost never goes that early, but in the main, in FBC main event, Cole does go that early. His ADP DeGrom, in the main
2: event will be like third or fourth or something.
1: Jacob deGrom throws 100 miles an hour in spring training. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go in the top five. And then all of a sudden, you have other options at seven. And then all of a sudden, seven's a much better happy spot. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and so that's interesting. Uh, it gives you a, a lot lot more uh, you know, range of outcomes, there, which I like. Okay. Let's do free agent pitchers. Let's go starting pitchers first. You know, there's not too many aces out there, Fred. There's a lot of guys that are question marks, compromised guys, starting with Clayton Kershaw. You know, dollars to donuts. Where is Clayton Kershaw going to pitch next year? Or this year, I should say, next season.
2: Yeah, I I think you asked me this last week, and I decided, and I said, as a quick teaser, and I said no to Los Angeles, and I said yes to Texas, although not with any sort of certainty what what do you what do you think do you think he's done done with the Dodgers i think he
1: would be happy to be with the Dodgers i'm Me questioning too. what the Dodgers are done with him uh soviet russia they are done with you uh but i he was at the super bowl by the way they showed him up on the screen and he okay. was wearing uh rams paraf- rams and dodgers paraphernalia uh so i i think he would love to be remain here
2: absolutely um, Do they want him back? That's the question. Do they believe in him?
1: I I think they believe in the historical Clayton Kershaw. Uh, You know, that's a good question because, you know, he's got the forearm issue. He didn't get a qualifying offer. That's a pretty big deal. They're not going to get draft pick compensation. I I think that's a sign of where they think he is on his health. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's just this year. I think it's long term what they're really concerned with. This isn't the first time he's had issues. You know, the last, you know, he made 10 starts in 2020. That wasn't, that's not that short, short. He stayed healthy, but 22 in 21, uh, he made 28 starts in 2019, 26. You know, he hasn't had that big, massive missed year, but he's getting closer to it. And there's a lot of career mileage. He has almost 2,500 regular season innings. And then let's not discount the fact that Dodgers are in the playoffs every single yeah. year and how much he's pitched in the playoffs, how much he's pitched on short rest in the playoffs. That's a lot of mileage.
2: Almost 200 playoff innings in his career. So basically a whole extra season.
1: Do teams owe some sort of sense of loyalty to these players or to the fans for these players? He and Kenley Jansen both. You can ask that question.
2: Yeah, I think more him than Kenley Jansen in my eyes. Like If it's the loyalty card, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say more him than Jansen. Although with where Kershaw is at from an injury perspective, maybe even though Jansen's a little volatile, maybe you know what you're going to get a little more from Jansen at this point. Um, the thing about Kershaw when he is pitching, he's still really good. Maybe not like total peak Kershaw, but this season, like his, his K for yeah. nine was really good. He won 10 games in 22 starts. Um, his whip was 1.02. Like they, like he he's still good. So yeah, it's really how healthy they are. And maybe the, what the Dodgers thought was, you know what? We see this lockout coming a mile away let's leave him. Let's see where he's at at the end of the lockout rather than locking him up in November. And then who knows, let's make knowing him his, that
1: nobody else was going to, uh,
2: right. Yeah. You know, you know Let, take let's him make either. him do his off season throwing program. And then we'll check in on him when in, in February and March or whatever, and whenever the lockout ends, and then we'll, we'll see, you know, where he's at. Maybe that was the Dodgers play. I will feel better about him way better. If he goes back to the Dodgers for two reasons. One is he always pitches well for the Dodgers, and two is that means that the Dodgers believe in him still.
1: And three, right. the Dodgers are going to be good. So he's going to get run yes. support. Yes. Uh, Texas, I'm not feeling teams?
2: good about drafting him if he ends up in Texas.
1: Yeah, I, I don't feel as for great example. about it either. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I know we're limiting ourselves to other places he yes. could go, but it seems like the two most likely. I haven't, got, haven't rostered him yet.
2: Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, Actually, I don't even know. I don't have it in front of me, his ADP right now. But I know I've never been at a point where I've thought... So far, I haven't been at a point where I've thought, like, oh, he's at the top of my queue. Like, it's time to make a Kershaw decision.
1: Yeah. So ADP is pitcher 70 since New Year's. Uh,
2: Actually, that sounds pretty fair. Oh, pitcher 70. Pitcher 70. So that's probably starting pitcher 50 or so.
1: ADP of 184. So after the first 10 rounds.
2: yeah. Uh, i have him
1: above that i have him do you i do um and yet i still haven't drafted him so what does that tell me that i should probably adjust my projection uh because i'm not taking him at adp but
2: Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. i need
1: to i need to think about think hard on this one here At,
2: at 184 in a 15 team especially he's still at a point where like like so that's like going to be like your SP 3 or 4 like you you need that guy right like like you really oh, can't afford Is that your
1: SP 4? I guess it is. Like in a 15 yeah. teamer. It's like
2: around 13 or so, right? Yeah. Around 13 yeah. 13ish, 13, so 13 14. Like like at that point maybe you got two relievers and then he's your third or fourth pitcher or third Sunny Gray
1: starter. or Clayton Kershaw, who do you got?
2: I guess I'll just take Sonny Gray because I'm more, I guess I'll just take Sonny Gray.
1: Luis Severino is pitcher 66 Kershaw 70. Who do you got? Severino. See, I, I'm going Kershaw there. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're going to discount Kershaw for being unreliable and not yep. sure if we can have him,
2: Yeah. What the I heck just are thought, we doing Severino? Sever- I mean, yeah. Severino's a lot younger. I don't know. I thought maybe he's, and he he was there to finish the season last year. So for that, what? Those two outings, thing. yeah, I know. But at least he was there. Like he was back at okay. the end of the season. So you I'm sorry assume... to jump
1: on you. I should I should be no ready. no.
2: You just I'm just saying you assume he could have his normal off season.
1: Yeah, he could. Yeah. He had, excuse me. I def, I I don't want to defame Luis Severino. He had three outings. Uh, no, and, <laughs> and, and wait, no, no, no. He had six innings. He, it was 2019 that he had
2: three outings. OK, so we're talking
1: three full years since he's had a full season.
2: I believe I rostered Severino in a league or two in the last week of last season. Good. See, he was doing long relief out of their bullpen and looked like a candidate for a vulture win. Yep. there's a of lot of
1: br- hurt and broken guys are in this range. Mike Clevenger's at pitcher 72. Uh,
2: oh, gross. I might take Kershaw there. I'm not I'm not in, I'm just not
1: I'm not even might for me. Um, yeah. Marcus Stroman, 69. I mean, he's got there's a lower the polar opposite. Right. Right yeah. there. Super healthy, yeah, but you,
2: yeah, but how, how yeah, that. how not special is the Strowman season on the Cubs going to look? Yeah, it's just it's gonna Tari- be fine, it'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tariq yeah. Skuball at 71 is very interesting. High ceiling, low floor. Uh, yeah, we don't know how good Detroit's going to be, but we think they'll be better. Um uh, yep, they Detroit sneakily was pretty good in the second half. I think we've made that point on these podcasts. Yeah, they're starting
2: but, to turn the corner.
1: Yep, Hinjin Ryu is at pitcher 74. I'm all over Ryu over Kershaw.
2: I think I have an anti Ryu bias from being in Toronto and just worrying about his injuries from start to start. I, I'm I'm not in on Ryu. I'm okay. not, but I honestly think this might be a me problem. Okay. I just I don't know. I didn't feel. I was really happy with how he did his first season, even though I didn't. I had I was wary when they got him, and then yeah. last I, guess I shouldn't be so hard on him because he did make he made 31 starts last year, but. The 4.37 ERA, the low strikeout rate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to turn all that stuff around. He's going to be 35 when the season starts. 35. I have you know, an like-
1: irrational bias in favor of Ryu. I just like him. I yeah. him. I I, I want to yeah. go back to the well. I th- felt like I, you know, I, I read about how he. Well, I read because uh, a listener on our XM show pointed out how like he was separated from his family all year last year and how it really affected him. I want to buy into that narrative
2: yeah so that maybe and, and he did get worse late in the season now I attributed him getting worse late in the season to him wearing down like it's probably worst, a little both right his worst month was September his second worst month was August right like his second half ERA was 550 his first half ERA he was good he was 356 he was like just what you wanted and then the second half so maybe he missed his family I felt like he wore down. Yeah. Narratives are tough to, once they get in your head, narratives, like I was always worried about him wearing down and then he did wear down. So I was like, see, he wore down. Now I don't want this guy. And he's not a high strikeout guy. So I was like, now I don't want this guy, but maybe I should give him a little more credit that with his, with his family by his side next year, he'll last, he'll, he'll be fine.
1: It's a good point about being a non-strikeout guy though, too. If right, uh, you, you're doing, if you, 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 got a couple of high K guys early, you're ahead of the field in terms of like your pitcher one and two versus other's pitcher one and twos and strikeouts, then it's easier to roster you. If you're chasing starting pitching though, then it's a little tougher.
2: So for example, Ryu made nine more starts than Kershaw last year and had one fewer strikeout. Right. So, I mean, you don't need to get in the strikeouts category, at least like Kershaw could have, a handful fewer starts than Ryu and still at least meet him there now. Okay. So taking that a step further, who's going to have better ratios this year, Kershaw or Ryu? Well, like just looking at their ratios, always, it seems like it would probably be Kershaw unless you just think Kershaw won't be, he- I guess if you just don't want Kershaw, cause you think he's not going to be healthy. If you think Kershaw's going to throw a
1: hundred innings, then you, then you take Ryu. I think that's the argument.
2: That's pretty so- much it. And if you think Kershaw's going to throw a high, so it's almost Kershaw against himself. And if you think Kershaw can throw 130 innings then you take Kershaw.
1: Which is funny because I've got him for 132. There so you go. Oh, there you go. That's I do have Kershaw tireless. over you. Yeah. yeah. Um Carlos Rodon. Speaking of guys that we don't know how many innings he's gonna throw. And we don't know where he's gonna throw. Again, another team that didn't offer a qualifying offer to their semi-injured pitcher. Uh
2: yes, and that would felt like a weird one because like 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 it's not like I don't know. Kershaw is older than Rodon. Kershaw has way more mileage on him. Um, I I don't know the like the Rodon one to me felt weird because the White Sox are trending up, like they're trying to go for a World Series right now. He mm-hmm. was terrific last season. I know it was only twenty four starts, but like if they believe in him, you'd think they'd be like, this guy is like an ace level guy we've had in our organization the whole time. Like let's get a couple more ace level years out of this guy, but they didn't. They didn't do that.
1: Yeah, they didn't. What do they know? Uh... I think it was a little of Jerry Reinsdorf being cheap, mm-hmm. but the fact that Rodon hasn't signed elsewhere is kind of a sign. You know, and that it's representative of this list. You know, there are a lot of interesting hitters that are not flawed that are still out there on the market, like Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. The pitchers that are out there aren't nearly as interesting. All the, the starting pitchers that we're
2: mm-hmm.
1: fully confident about, it, I don't know, maybe you, your research is, indicates otherwise, but they all have little like, yeah, butts. They're all like, you know, or like, eh, maybe. I, I haven't found like that one starting, pitch, especially starting pitching. I haven't really found anyone that I'm like really that excited about.
2: No, you can, you well, you, I think with the pitchers, you can see why all these guys are, didn't get snapped up at the beginning. Why they're yeah. all still free agents, right? Like, like I'm sure in front offices they're sitting there saying, "Well, what do we want to do about Rodon? Who, by the way, is is sneaky old." If I if you would ask me how old Rodon was before, right we started this, I would have said like ah, 26, 27 and he's 29 turned three. He'll turn 30 right after next season.
1: Yeah. He was drafted in 2014. Yeah. Um, and he made it to the bigs in 2015. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, but, and
2: not for like a cup of coffee. Like no, he made it to the bigs for 139 and a third innings.
1: Right. So there's a lot of mileage on that, which is why he's a free agent, you know? And well that, and he got, and then he get, he got non-tendered or he got, TFA after yeah he was season. available
2: going into last year and nobody picked him up and then he finished this past season injured so well sorry he didn't finish injured but he dealt with injury down the stretch of the shoulder and right um, yeah people we all saw the him.
1: playoffs start against the Astros he 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 was
2: laboring okay throw uh, us, throw us his ADP and and some guys around him
1: all right I will do that uh, Carlos Rodon is higher. He's pitcher 46 since new year's pick around pick 133 right above him. Tyler Malley. I'll take Malley. All right. I've stated my objections to Malley, but maybe not to you. So I will do so ever so briefly. Uh, One home ERA the last two years, each season, both over five hate using pitchers that I can't use in their home ball drafting pitchers. I can't use in their home ballpark Two, high whip. You know, he's a guy that walks a lot of guys labor. So he doesn't go as deep into games. I still th- I'd still take Malley over him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll still take Malley. You, you just did to Malley what I did to Ryu. Yeah. Like one of the guys in your hometown team who maybe you watch more than most people watch him, so you know all his... You, you I'm probably going
1: to... And that's the thing is, I will value take Malley. Like if he goes after pick 150, 160, 170, somewhere in that range, I think. I haven't figured out exactly what my number is. Yeah. Probably, but like he's starting pitcher five and not starting pitcher four. Or, right, you know, or four instead of three is the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Derek Van Riper's SP one in the draft that we're doing. He wait, waited, waited to the 10th round to take a start. I saw that. that.
2: I was, I was floored by that. It's uh
1: it, it's a bold strategy, Cotton, but you know what? It's a strategy and Derek is, you know, his offense is going to kick butt. So, I mean, that, that's the trade off there and it might work. Derek's very creative in how he does his roster build. Blake Snell's pitcher 43, that's but that's about twenty picks. It's pick one fourteen.
2: Um, I'll I'll go. S- uh, I don't like Blake Snell, so I'll go Snell.
1: You don't have, and you can say neither. That's allowed. Too. Oh, I,
2: I neither. Then, but I would yeah. go Snell.
1: Shane McClanahan is one above that at pitcher forty two, pick one thirteen.
2: Sure, I'll take him.
1: Okay, below Rodon, Zach Gallen, pitcher forty seven, one ADP of one thirty four. <sighs> I'll try road snap call gallon for me. Okay. But then again, I've been part of gallon nation. I'm, I'm more of a gallons half full sort of guy. Yeah, I, I
2: have been too. I just, yeah. I'm starting to,
1: well, I don't know. I'm starting I to like see that gallon finished. is half empty. Yeah. I, I really like how gallon finished the season going yeah. deep into games, getting that pitch count up. Uh, I, he got, he didn't get hurt pitching. He got hurt batting and had mm-hmm. this weird fluke injury. And spent a long time trying to recover from that. Now Arizona sucked rocks last year, and they're probably going to suck again this year. And that that does drag him down some. But I'll take I'll take Gallon, mm-hmm. and hope that they do better in his starts this year than they did last. Uh, R- Ryan Bloomfield's not allowed to a- answer this next one. Nathan Iavaldi versus Carlos Rodon.
2: Iovaldi. Yeah,
1: my name ain't Nathan Iovaldi um
2: again we're at a point in the draft where this is even earlier than kershaw Where like i need these guys like these aren't dart throws these aren't pick 250 right something where i'm like hey i draft kershaw at 250 and he you know he doesn't throw a pitch all season whatever i won't even notice like i'll drop him it's fine he was my sp6 or 7 anyway so but like i need these guys so that's where i'm i'm not feeling them
1: Call this the lesson of Sixto Sanchez. This is about where Sanchez yes. was going last year. Yeah. I drafted him in the main event. Team finished fifth, but like two points out of the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, She and I did this. And, you know, if I had only gotten, you know, you know, a reasonable pitcher in that spot, mm-hmm. imagine how different that season would have gone. Yeah. Or or anything. Not just a pitcher. Could have been a hitter, and then I got another pitcher later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh, I'm going to discount Rodon at this price. That, that's one of my takeaways from this. Pablo Lopez. Speaking of guys that have some question marks shoulder-wise, he's Big the next time. pitcher down. Gallon versus – I mean, you can say Rodon versus Lopez and say neither. I'm a—I'm going to allow that because that's going to be my answer.
2: I know, but neither is not a fun answer. I'm i am saying Rodon.
1: All right. I'm just going to go two, a little farther down and go yeah. with old, reliable, boring Chris Bassett. I would take Bassett. Yeah, Give me old,
2: reliable, boring Chris Bassett.
1: I'd give – I go Avaldi over Bassett, but Bassett over almost every single one of these other guys. We right, mentioned. these
2: other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I would say
1: Snell over Bassett. I
2: I, I like Snell okay. better than you do. Yeah, um, that makes sense.
1: But I'd go Bassett over Malley. Uh Next pitcher, Shane Baz. A lot of spec on him. Could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Really fun guy, but we really don't know.
2: I might take Rodon. I mean, because Rodon could be awesome. So. Sure. Like, like, well, he was awesome last year. So I, I got nothing against Baz. I, I'm kind of, I, I guess, I'm not hating on Rodon as we do this. I just probably want a little of a safer profile. But mm-hmm. if I was gonna go risky, I think Rodon's a pretty cool option. Like compared to some of these other risky guys that we've mentioned.
1: Yeah. By the way, the lesson here is there's a lot of pitchers in this range. Starting pitchers in this yep. range. We're still at pick average pick one forty one here one forty point five seven. So. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned like eight starting pitchers, and they're all within the same range of each other. I'm gonna give you two more and then we'll move on. Uh Framber Valdez and Sean Mania.
2: Both of them. Over Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I mean again, they fall into that. Like they don't have injury problems right now. Probably aren't quite as good as they won't be as good as what Rodon was last year, but they don't have injury problems right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. We got to go a little bit quicker on some of these remaining guys, but okay. they're not as interesting either. But before we do that, quick note from our friends at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research because Fred Zinke is going to do it for you and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Big thanks to Thrive for their sponsorship. All right, remaining starting pitchers that are free agents. Michael Pineda, like him?
2: Like, not really. I'm okay with him. Actually, I like I'm I've been okay with him where I've been seeing him going. He goes so late in drafts that like I've been okay with where I see him going. Like at the, he he goes at a point where he's like a bench pitcher for you. I'm yep. fine with that. He usually keeps his whip down. I don't think he'll throw a ton of innings. Um, I think you could end up cutting him at some point, but at the point he goes, I don't mind him. How about you?
1: Uh, yeah, he's he's like pitcher 150 pick like 450 almost. He's yeah. at the he's at the very the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On next Tuesday, he'll be like a 29th, 30th round pick. Next guy is actually going to go a little earlier. Zach Granke, free agent.
2: He's a really fun one, I think, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Are you done with Zach Granke?
1: No, I I don't know if I'm done with him. I mean, because he's so damn smart. uh, He could reinvent himself, but he also could be just done physically, though, too. That's the tricky part with him. He really tailed off.
2: For sure. He's 38 years old. He doesn't have strikeout skill. His strikeout skills like just 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 disappeared last year. And they were kind of disappearing before that. Like he was not able to strike out a batter per inning the the past few years, except in the shortened season. He kind of seemed to kind of suck it up in that shortened season. He got 67 and 67, but his his strikeout skills weren't great prior to that. And then last year, they just really tailed off. So, yeah, he was viewed as
1: a risk starting that playoff game. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Unless I see something out of him in spring training that makes me think those strikeout skills are coming back, then I'm probably out.
1: But we all know as Zach Grinky, you don't see anything in spring. You're, training. Not, He's you're on right. the backfield, guess,
2: so then I guess I'm out.
1: He's throwing 88 on the backfields. That that's, yes. that's that's the Zach Grinky story that we all freak out about, except it's for the, the one year that actually came into fruition. So yeah. I don't know. He could just walk away too. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, just a few more. Johnny Cueto, international yeah. man of mystery. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Is like not even on my mixed league radar. Is he on pick- yours?
1: No. Uh, no. Two seventy. He's pitcher two seventy two according to the NFBC. Uh, I am trying to find some others here. Cage Kim. He might go. I don't, is he even going to stay in stateside?
2: No. I yeah. I have, I actually have no idea. Um, he, he could. Like he should. He probably should. I think he can get a spot.
1: Yeah, but he might choose not to. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of lost his rotation spot. Same with Yusei Kikuchi. We don't know where he's going to end up.
2: No, I grabbed some Kikuchi for my bench in some of the the DCs. Um, I feel like he'll stay stateside, and I think like he's had his moments, and people have liked yeah. him at times. I, I don't know. I don't mind him. At his, I anything. agree. I'm I not. Like, I'm not. I'm not targeting him. Say next week, he's not part of my plan. But he's another. Half, guy, go ahead. Sorry. You no, know, he's another guy like Pineda, who like whatever round it is, twenty seven, twenty nine. Like I, I could take a shot at him.
1: I like him better than Pineda
2: me too uh, i'll say that yeah
1: but first half kikuchi versus second half kikuchi Woo, 346 yes. versus 542 yeah. uh that's all you need to, i mean that's why he is where he's at right now yeah uh drew smiley matthew boyd zach davies any of those light your fire
2: no i will forever be grateful for zach davies for what he did in that shortened season yeah. in 2020 yeah but no yeah. I've, I've had some Zach Davies at the right times during his career, but I think those times are over. Uh, I think so too.
1: Uh, we got to take one more commercial break for our Blue Wire sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: All right. We, we did that. Thank you. Blue wire sponsors that uh, we host uh, our podcast on the blue wire network. Let's hit some relievers, Fred. Uh, there, there's a little bit more, inter- a couple, at least interesting names here, uh, starting with obvious ones, Kenley Jansen. He is the domino that has to fall. Uh, is he a Dodger or is he elsewhere?
2: Man, if he's a Dodger, then Blake Trinan has been way overdrafted so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I'm gonna say,
1: but if he's not, he's underdrafted. That's the that's the conundrum.
2: I agree. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm gonna say not a Dodger. How about you?
1: I think he's human, not a dancer. He'll be back in in L.A. I think. Okay. Um, I it's that's a tough call, but I think that, this is one of those where. You just associate him with the Dodgers.
2: Oh, for sure. The Dodgers could do a cool little kind of turnover here. Like they, they added Trey Turner. They just added Betts not that long ago. They could do a cool kind of little, little roster turnover here by not bringing back Kershaw and Jansen and just kind of being like, this is a new, like a new Dodger, like a bit of a new Dodgers group with new faces of the franchise. Um, I don't know if they, they care to do that, but they could definitely could do that by letting those two guys go.
1: It's a turner over. Um, yeah, that's for right. Sure. Uh, just especially when Justin Turner leaves next year. Uh, yeah. but I think it's next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kenley Jansen no matter where he signs, though, because I don't think anybody signs him to be a setup guy. I don't think he's equipped to be a seventh and eighth inning guy or put him in wherever you need him, a, a, you know, fireman sort of thing. He is a closer with a capital C. Yep.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. I think. I think your your whole Kenley Jansen draft decision, so even just drafting him next week, you can go ahead and draft him as a closer if you believe in him. If you believe in him, draft him as a closer. And if you don't think, he, like, I mean, as a pitcher, because I think I agree with you, he's going to sign into a closer's job. So it's just whether you believe he's a good enough pitcher to keep that closer's job. We do know that the Dodgers coddled him a bit. Like recently, like, right, like they spread the yeah, saves around. They were so good that they could get him 30 saves and get a dozen saves for the other guys, at least for the mm-hmm. other guys. So, like, if if he gets a decent contract on a team that's maybe not quite as good and deep as the Dodgers, they might expect him to behave more like a regular closer. And if they do that, will he be able to handle that? Let, let's say you just sign with the Twins, for example, who don't have really a closer right now and are like they, kind of a middle of the road team.
1: They've got like, Rogers, though. They they've got they Alcala. I mean, they've got pitchers. They've got good yeah. pitchers in the bullpen.
2: But it, but if they signed Jansen, don't you think, and paid him, don't you think they would expect him to get almost like to do most of their saves?
1: I would say, yeah. But I think they, the Twins, could also afford to say, okay, we're going to give you a day here and there, though, too. I think any I team guess. can do that.
2: Yeah, Uh, I I think just seem like they can do it better than most. Because I mean, how many
1: teams don't manage their closers like that anymore? I mean, almost every team will refuse to go three days in a row with the closer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, For sure. uh, It's just whether he ever does back to backs. I mean, I think that's the level of coddling the Dodgers were willing to do late in the season, and the fact that they won so many games, they could afford to do that, (laughs) and that they had other live arms in their bullpen. Yeah, uh, that they could afford to do that. Um, Yeah, I. So let, let me repackage this then. Um instead of you know just saying what we think about him, let's compare him versus other closers. Uh when who who you got. Uh we, we've done this before. We'll start off a as Chapman, declining skills, but super stable role. He is He's pitcher thirty-one. Kenley is pitcher thirty-five. Who do you have?
2: Yeah, they're they, they're actually really similar, aren't they? In that I have a little bit of performance concern about both of them, yeah. but I think they'll both have. We just already know which team Chapman's going to have his secure role on, and we don't know that for Jansen. Um, I'll say Chapman. Chapman's a free agent after this year, right?
1: Good question. I don't I'm pretty know sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty
2: sure. So I've got a bit of a low low key kind of theory that Chapman's going to be fine this year because he's going to want like he cuz he knows he's got to he's got like he knows he's got to be ready for this year because he's he needs contract after it.
1: That's possible, but if he actually has that control. You want to talk about some disintegrating skills. For he sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Horrible. In June, 1142 in June. Uh strikeout rate was still high up there though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But other stuff that's kind of scary. 131 whip. That's a lot of walks. 38 walks and 56 innings. You want to talk about a guy who's just just like throwing hard and closing his eyes. It's Chapman.
2: Oh yes, absolutely. And his season was all over the place. Like he was so good in April and may then just like really bad for a while in June and I think early July and then almost out of the closers role. And then kind of somewhere in the middle after that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he like, he's just really been all over the place, but I think, so would you take Jansen?
1: I would take Jansen over. To
2: Chapman. Okay. I, I that's I, fair. I, I haven't had any Chapman so far. So
1: I think I also might be low man on Chapman for what it's worth. Um, right. I just, I've got a bad feeling about,
2: this. I I'm probably down there with you. And I think that's for me having him rostered last year and then living through right. those ups and downs.
1: Sure. Uh, Will Smith versus Ken, I'll, I'll Jansen. take,
2: I'll, take will smith i think
1: i think i think most people will uh oh no i think most people actually jansen goes ahead of smith jansen goes ahead of him you're right
2: yeah and i I get it again we think Jansen's gonna be a closer so and will smith isn't a special ratios guy like he's fine but he's not a special ratios guy
1: and here's the one that i think has been the big twitter debate is jansen versus romano
2: yeah Yeah, i i like romano so I, i i'll take romano i'll take will smith I guess I'm the low guy on Jansen because I think I took all the guys yeah. over Jansen, but but I don't I don't I don't really dislike Jansen. I'd be okay with him. I'm kind of okay with that pocket of relievers. Yeah, and getting one of them.
1: I think it's interesting that Jansen could directly displace Romano. Uh, I don't think he, he's not signing with the Dodgers. He's not signing with the Braves. You know, but yeah the blue jays they might I'm add not another feeling that
2: out. vibe here in toronto of, when you
1: I'm, have a better feel for that i would hope than i do too
2: maybe maybe not i just feel like the money is going to either be it's going to be spent in the infield or divvied around mm-hmm. like i'm just not feeling they after especially after they signed yemi garcia to like a decent deal i'm kind of feeling the vibe that yeah that and i think nate pearson might end up in the bullpen and they have Trevor Richards. Like they kind of have a deep bullpen right now, until guys get hurt. But right now they kind of have a deep bullpen. I don't know. I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling maybe a, a third baseman, and then maybe a, another starter to deepen the rotation. I'm I, I'm not feeling a big contract for Kenley Jansen.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I think any contract for him is going to be one or two years. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to get anything beyond if that. If I had
2: to guess, he'll push for two years.
1: Yeah, he probably will push for two, and then yeah. or maybe he'll get a bigger. Uh, you, you know, annual contract value. If you go AAV for one year, than he would for two. Yeah. So he might choose to go that route and then bet on himself and get another one. Actually, but he's some, not going to get big ones. He's not going to get a three or yeah. four year deal.
2: Watch some random team like the Rockies or something is going to sign him. Some team that doesn't mm-hmm. even have in our minds doesn't even have a playoff chance is going to pay him for two years. And Kenley we're gonna, Jansen we're gonna... on the
1: Reds? Yes, I, I, I could, don't think I, that'll happen. Uh, let's manifest that one. Yeah, I love. See, the thing is, I think I love Kenley Jansen. I, I'm a right. big fan of yeah. the chance. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, all right. Other.
2: By the uh, way, how re- about Padres, there's one other one I'll throw out there right now. Jeez. Just, they have yeah, no, that, that, that would eliminate all
1: the confusion. It Steal would do them that. The Dodgers. Oh yeah. That, that would be very interesting.
2: Yeah. Keep them in the division. It'd be, yeah. that would be really interesting. I, I'd like them there.
1: There's not really any other closers out there. There's some interesting relievers. That, I mean, that could close in
2: theory. Did Ian Kennedy hear you say that? Can he, is Ian Kennedy? I he, can he,
1: well, yeah. Wait, <laughs> I'm no, just I, kidding. I,
2: I'm just kidding. I don't count him as an interesting closer. Yeah.
1: I mean, I do have a little bit of love in my heart for Ian Kennedy. And as you well know, yes. uh, but uh, for background, for the seven people that haven't heard it yet, <laughs> I, Fred and I made a trade last year in mixed labor. I traded away at Ian Kennedy because uh, I picked up class a spent big on him in fab yeah. and also picked up Kennedy actually. And all of a sudden I had three closers and I had a lot of saves come out, and had Kenley last year, by the way. Uh, so I traded him for Joey Votto. Joey Votto then got hurt. So everyone was telling him, you know, saying that Fred won the deal and then Joey Votto decided I'm going to hit homers and Joey Votto was awesome. And then I traded Joey Votto for Max Fried and Max Fried decided he'd be like like vintage Clayton Kershaw for the last six weeks of the season, so that was very, very what good an game.
2: upgrade. Imagine at that point, and Ian Kennedy was doing nothing at that point, pretty yeah. much. So you turned Ian Kennedy into Max Fried. That is that is trading genius.
1: What? Is, so he didn't do much with the Phillies, then, did he? Uh
2: oh, well, actually, you know, I can't say that he had ten saves with the Phillies. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's good. So but he had a four thirteen ERA. Yeah. And his fit, by the way, was 617. So you don't have to deal with that in a fantasy league, but he had a 413 ERA and he was lucky.
1: So in other words, you hated watching him, which I
2: I, I tried not to. He, he threw 24 innings and he gave up seven homers in the 20. Don't
1: watch your closer. watch other people's closers.
2: Absolutely. And that, which is why I need to not draft Jordan Romano because then I don't want to watch the end of blue Jays games.
1: Yeah. Who's to stop the Rangers from re-signing Ian Kennedy, by the way. Um, Trying mm-hmm. to flip them again. They Makes seem to be pretty good sense. about those guys. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's been a mid-round who's...
2: pick on Joe Barlow, but you're right. It, may, it would make sense. Yeah. Including
1: this guy. I have yeah. a couple of Joe Barlow shares already. Because okay. um, I think he's actually pretty good. I also had Joe Barlow in that league, too, by the way. I picked mm-hmm. him up, which we've also established. Michael Gibbons tied, tr- tied with Heath Hembry as the Reds' leading saver last year. <laughs> Uh, I know that's like saying, yeah, world's largest midget. Or yes, yeah, so I, like I was about to
2: make that joke, and then I was like, can we still make that joke? But it's a good one. Yeah,
1: yeah it's. Uh, but Gibbons was actually pretty good with the Reds. I will say that it worked out. Uh, so Gibbons can be a capable Gibbons reliever. whip
2: with the Reds was one forty-five.
1: That's not as good as I thought. Not it was. as
2: good as you probably remembered. No. He walked thirteen and twenty-one in the third innings
1: movie interessante i did not know that yeah
2: but he did get it you're right he did convert eight out of ten, eight out of ten save chances which for the reds like that was good that was good
1: wow i just i i just did not know that i know There's he some,
2: was better with colorado you know more. the
1: last couple of weeks he had some he had a couple of stinkers that yeah. probably is what you probably
2: uh, yeah and by then you'd already kind yeah, of got what you came for and yeah I seem it. to have
1: positive vibes about Michael Gibbons, but I could be wrong about those positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Andrew Chafin, okay, this is a guy that was actually had coming off a really good year. Uh, the A's for a while used him as a closer. He's dangling out there as a free agent. He was really good last year.
2: Absolutely, yep, yeah, really good. He, I don't think he gets a closer's job, but he should get like a late inning. He should get like a late inning job. The pro, he's a lefty. He, I don't think he's getting a closer's job. He get a late inning job. He only won two games last year, which I know is random, but I don't know. Last year, I felt like, especially with the 10th innings, the way they were with the runners on base, like we saw some of the relievers who were really got the prime roles on their teams, like really rack up wins and get like seven, eight, nine wins. Mm -hmm. So, and and he got two. So it makes me wonder, I'd love, I'm not going to do it right now, but to dive into what kind of leverage of innings he pitched last year, but you're right. He was, he was good.
1: Well, he was on the Cubs who stunk. Yeah, I couldn't get games to him or might have blown him after him.
2: He didn't get any wins on the Cubs. You're right. He got his two on the on the A's after the after he got traded.
1: Yeah, Uh, he had 22 holds and five saves. So, that's all pretty good. Chances are he won't be used as a closer, though. I mean, he's got the whole lefty specialist bias against him. Here's an interesting name. I don't think anybody talks about him that much. It's Colin McHugh. He's flat out a good pitcher. It can used in multiple roles. You know, I think we all took special. I think a lot of people took spec bids on him because we bid on every raise relief pitcher at some point in time. Uh-huh. He can throw multiple innings if needed, uh, an appearance. 155 ERA, 0.94 whip, 74 to 12 K to walk, Fred, in 64 innings. Only three homers allowed. This is a good pitcher.
2: He was last year. Like the Rays made him a good pitcher, that's for sure. So I have not He been, was good I with think... the
1: Astros too, though.
2: In 2000, his moments he with awesome. the Astros, that's for sure. Yep.
1: I think he's just straight up a good pitcher, and I'd like to see. I would love to see the Reds sign him. Say you're our closer. Go for it. Yes.
2: Yeah, so I think he's a good reliever. Um, I think that I own him on all of my um draft champions teams I've t- done so far, but as like round 40 pick. Yeah. Like like nobody wants him. I take him around 40. I feel like there's a few paths here. Like he could be a really good setup man, like he was on the Rays, like a multi-inning guy, but a really good just like middle reliever. He could find a team and get a closer's job or part of a closer's job, or mm-hmm. he could start. And now in his career, he has a 407 ERA as a starter. So if he starts, he's fine at that great. But round 40 of a draft Champions League, if you get a guy – Who's in a rotation and had a really good year last year as a reliever? Like, that's a worthy dart throw at that point in your draft. But honestly, I'd rather see him. I'd love to see him get with a team, like you say, like the Reds, who has like an unsettled bullpen where he could quickly emerge as their best reliever, whether they make him a full time closer or not, but quickly emerges their best reliever.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting tech. All right, two more guys. uh, For you, aloha means goodbye is to goodbye to mr hand brad hand you hated the trade at the moment Oof, of it I happened did. and it lived down to your worst expectations really awful time in toronto fell apart before that in dc you i know, started the year as like a top 10 closer and finished just whew, finished might with it, the kind
2: of cost them a playoff spot too because yeah they were like this close like to a playoff spot and like, and he was, he, like, he he hurt them a lot. He took two losses in, mm-hmm. in 11, in 11 appearances. So he flew an
1: airplane for him. He was 727 in 8.2 yes. innings there. I mean, that's yes. just, that's awful. Yeah. Um, and then he got released and the Mets claimed him and he was good again, 270 and 127 as his ratio. So, yeah, it was in 13 innings, but he's drifting. He's, he's drifting out there. He's a free agent. He's not going to close anymore.
2: Uh, gosh, I hope not. I don't think so. That'd yeah. be a really bad, like if some team like the like bad team, like the pirates, that that would, should be what he's looking to do. Find some bad team, like the pirates. Yeah. And be like, Hey guys, you want a cheap closer? Can I close? Give me 2 million bucks. Give me 4 million bucks. Something like that. I'll make me your closer. Leave your other guys in, leave your, your David Bednar's in like higher leverage setup roles where they don't get a bunch of saves. Mm-hmm. I'll be your closer. You can trade me at the deadline if I'm doing well. that's That's what his agent should be going for. I don't see it happening.
1: Last guy is actually a closer by the time the season ended, but he was horrible in the beginning of the season, better in the second half. Alex Colomay. Twins declined the mutual option uh, and instead bought him out for 1.25. He would have made 5.5 million. He's probably not going to sign as a closer, but he actually was a little bit better. If you squint, you could see like some improvement on him. He could, he could fulfill that pirates closing challenge. I think maybe, And see if they could. you know, although teams are smarter now. They don't trade for guys like that. At least they don't trade significant assets for guys like that. Did a, from August 3rd on, he had 15 of his 17 saves. A 338 whip, I 338, a 338 whip would be bad. 338 ERA, 127 whip. uh, Still, 7.4K per night. He's not a strikeout guy at all. You like guys that can just put, put guys away when they're in the back end of that bullpen.
2: Yeah, he. I think he's though like probably in the minds of of major league teams like a like a a level up from Brad Hand. I mean, those two years, 2019 and 2020 with the White Sox, he converted what 42 out of 46, 42 out of 46 safe chances. That's pretty recent. And last year, like you said, like he slow start to the season, but then got rolling, and was solid after that. Uh, he, he makes some sense for a team that has some other good relievers, but doesn't want to tie them up into the closers role. Like he said, like he could go join like a pirates or something like that. Um, but maybe a team that's like, okay, like the twins were last year, but maybe like a tigers or something like that, like a team that's okay. And says, or like Texas, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, but a team that says, yeah, we don't want to tire our, our good young relievers up any of them into the closers role. Sure. Let's grab Colum A He doesn't want that much money. He's got 155 career saves. Let's make him the closer. See if he can just handle the job. We know we won't be awesome at it, but we also know the job's a little overrated if we get really good work in the innings before that. For sure, I, I could see, I could see him, and I haven't. I have, I think, no shares, and I probably should have just grabbed him. He's he's just not that great, even having your lineup, even if he is getting some saves, because <laughs> the ratios aren't always great, and the you know the strikeout rates poor.
1: Pitcher one ninety four right now from New Year's on round pick five twenty or so. Your mileage may vary. I mean, that really... feels it
2: does feel actually very fair though for the possibility yeah. of a closer. Yep. Yep. Even though it's a bad one. But you don't yeah, but, at that pick, you don't even have to use them. You
1: but uh, yeah, and you probably won't use them. But you know, Cole Solser is hanging there around that Hector Neris yeah. is around there. Um pitcher, yeah, closer on the Orioles. That's been a mugs game for a long time. You know, stay it's like yes. closer on the Rockies, closer yeah. on the Orioles. Don't bother.
2: So is it's, it better? Is it smarter to just dra- grab Colum a than try getting into those bullpens and just hope that wherever Colum a signs, it's for a pure closer's role.
1: Yeah, but the problem is he might sign with one of those teams. Is the problem, <laughs> you know? Right, um,
2: that, and then <laughs> I don't one know. of
1: it, That's like the more likely result. Yes. Actually, where he signs, I know.
2: I, I if you if you got Colomier at like that late, like I don't even think he'll, he. I don't think he'll get drafted in our draft next week. I won't be taking him. Mm. Um, but if you got him that late in a draft, champions, you know, if he's the closer and you just used him ten weeks out of the year just to pump up a few more saves, or because you're in a tight saves race late, or because your other closer is hurt and you don't have the handcuff or whatever. Like, I think he could be valuable.
1: I I agree. The funny thing is, you know, we've been talking all about this, like usually during that mixed labor draft, usually the first of the expert leagues, there's like three players that are unresolved. Um, Mm -hmm. And they usually sign the next day or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to have 130 of these guys or 103 or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And so all, you know, we're craving that stability, but even that stability is a bit of a mirage. You know, they're, you know, Craig Kimbrell is going to get traded to one of those teams that we think has a solid closer perhaps, or maybe he won't, maybe, but chances are he's going to get traded somewhere that the White Sox picked up his option in order to trade him. At least that's the narrative. So that's, that's going to, there's so many things that are going to change and it's going to happen like that too. It's going to be crazy. But, uh, you know, I I predict there'll be a lot of tanking as in taking your time, not as in trying to lose, but tanking, like taking your time on these slow drafts in March. Because everyone's going to want to try to uh, get that. That'll advantage. be annoying. Yeah. So get I, your uh, slow drafts done now. And that, that's my recommendation. Don't get in these slow drafts in March because it's going to be crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. And we'll have to. Be, and you have to be careful with these guys. So I learned this lesson in 2020 with Yassiel Puig. I grabbed him in labor. He was unsigned, thinking. Well, mm-hmm. someone's going to sign Yasiel Puig. Like, hes he's got a career 823 OPS. Like, he, right. he's an above-average major league hitter. And at the time, he was 30 years old. 29, actually, at the time. He hadn't even turned 30 yet. And I thought, like, this guy's going to get signed for sure. 29-year-old who's an above-average hitter, can play multiple outfield positions. I know the, some of the problems with Yasiel Puig. But I was like, some team's going to want this guy. And I you didn't him. know I t-
1: all the problems with the Yasiel Puig. That was the problem. That was the uh, lesson yes. learned.
2: And I took, and I took the, you know, three round discount or something. He was hanging around on our draft board and then mm-hmm. he obviously never signed. It hasn't played in the major sense. So someone will get burned in some of these drafts. I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be Nelson Cruz, but there'll be someone who, you know, is getting drafted right now who just does, does not end up agreeing with it. Like thinks he's worth more than what he's being offered and does never signs. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. It's the yeah. Josh Gordon problem. It'll yeah. happen in baseball too. Yeah. Anybody among those pitcher free agents that you want to talk about that we didn't cover yet?
2: I don't think so. That was a pretty, once you hit the Michael Gibbons level, like, 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 you know, you dove deep (laughs) at that point. You're at the bottom of the pool at that point.
1: Yeah. I I think we were pretty thorough in there. Uh, If we didn't cover a free agent pitcher that you want us to hit, just tweet at us at Jeff underscore Erickson at Fred Zinke MLB. um, And we'll be happy to reply. Uh, So just go that way. I uh, want to thank everybody for the questions in the forum want to thank everybody for listening uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening it's it's fun talking fantasy baseball even in february you know in fact it's a relief it's a release sometimes from the stupid labor madness so we get to talk about these players for a little bit so we do appreciate it want to thank uh Winbet uh first sponsor that's W Y N N B E T thank you for your sponsorship all season long we'll have uh, prospect podcast, Clay and James tomorrow. And I need to name a guest for Thursday. I got to put that right if we're done with this. So I'll do that and we'll tweet it out. Uh, but thanks to everybody for listening. Have a great day.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?